You're listening to the sermon podcast from Real Life Church Pullman, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. We are in our series, The Journey to God, and as we're going through this series, we're looking at the psalms that are called the Songs of Ascent, and these are songs that would have been sung uh, by God's people as they made pilgrimages back to Jerusalem and ascended to Jerusalem on this long journey back to celebrate and worship at different festivals, and as they would sing these songs, they would be reminded of all of the uh, different things of God's nature and God's character, and the psalm that we're going to look at at today uh, is going to help us zero in on a concept that I think a lot of people have wrestled with at different times in their life. And I think a lot of people, from what I know and the conversations I've had and have heard others have, uh, this is something that is a daily struggle for a lot of people. And so the stop on the journey today is called security. And We're going to unpack that a little bit with uh, our look into Psalm 125. But in order to get there, I I want to tell you a story and help get some imagery in your mind to help you relate. Uh, Some of you in the room or watching online, some of you, this will really connect with you and it'll be like, that's exactly how I imagine my walk. Others of you, it will help you understand maybe where some of the people that you know wrestle with when it comes to their security or insecurity in their relationship with Christ. So let me tell you a story. Uh, A lot of you know that I like to hike and uh, go exploring and go on adventures and all kinds of stuff like that. And um, anybody in here like to hike? Anybody up for snow camping this winter? I can't really see, so yell. Okay, I'm down. Um, So uh, I I like to go on adventures, and Sean, that was up here doing announcements, um, Sean and I went on an adventure, we've gone on a few, and his wife now says that she's not, he's uh, not allowed to go on any more adventures with me, because I almost kill him or something every time, like... Almost is the key word. Uh, and so this last fall, not about a year ago, we went on an adventure and we went hiking and it was like a, you know, it seemed like a really safe adventure. We were just taking pictures and, you know, just checking out some country. And then we came around the corner and we saw this really cool, big old, huge mountain. And we thought, man, we want to really climb that. And we, we thought maybe there was like another train tunnel that was up there at the top. And so we sort of thought maybe there was a reason, but mostly it was just a huge mountain and we wanted to climb it to say we did. So we started climbing it, and as we're climbing it, it is way steeper than we anticipated, like dangerously steep. Um, So, of course, we continued. Um, And so uh, we're climbing up this thing, and it's really like an avalanche chute, and and it gets narrower and narrower and steeper as it gets up, and it's full of rocks that are anywhere from like bowling ball size to like Volkswagen Beetle size. I mean, just giant, jagged, sharp rocks that are really loose. And so I'm scampering up ahead of him, and every once in a while I'm yelling like, watch out, there's a rock, and he's like ducking and trying to get all seven feet of himself out of the way, right? And, and so we're going up this whole thing. Well, I get to the top of the mountain and, and we're up at this, this ravine at the top that literally is like this avalanche chute. It just keeps getting narrower and narrower and narrower. And there's a reason it's like an avalanche chute because it was an avalanche chute, right? Like that's, and so it gets really skinny and there's all this loose rock piled in there and I have to climb across it to get to this other side to find safe passage up the rest of the mountain. And as I look at it, I'm saying, I'm thinking this looks like a terrible idea. Like, and there's probably no safe way across this. So I went, um, and I kind of got across it. It moved a little bit while I was on it. It par- you know, panicked me a lot. 
Um, and I made it to the other side, to which I turned around and told Sean, it's all good, come on up, right? So then Sean comes up, and he's coming up and working his way up here, and we we're talking, this is the stuff where you're like on hands and feet clawing, like you really need stuff to climb this, but we just did it anyway. And so then he gets up there, and he goes across the, the avalanche chute part, and as he's on it, the whole mountain starts to just like, and I'm looking at a safe distance. Um, I'm safe. He's not. As Sean and the mountain start to leave me, and I'm just like, I have that sinking feeling in my stomach that he is going to die. Like, seriously, it was pretty dangerous stuff. Thank the heavens he's got an eight-foot wingspan, and he could reach halfway across the mountain, right? Because he literally was able to, like, scramble and grab something and rolled out of the rocks, grabbed onto a uh, spot, and got underneath, like, a safe spot where the rocks were going by. And he did what all of us do when there's treacherous danger at hand. He pulled out his phone. Uh, It is amazing. And it just kept going and going and going. And it was like, oh my gosh, is this ever going to stop? And when we were there, it was so loud. It sounded like a jet engine taking off when the mountain just fell away out from under him. Um, I share that with you because as I was preparing for this and reading and studying and learning about security and, 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 and kind of working through Psalm 125, one of the things that came to mind is that so many Christians feel like their Christian life, their journey with God feels a lot like something like that. It feels like that they're, they're just, they're walking along and at any given moment, the whole bottom could just drop out and they could fall away from God. Like, like there, there is, they don't have a sense of security. They have more of a sense of insecurity. They're overcome with worry and anxiety and stress that at any given moment, they could just fall off. They could be removed, separated from relationship with God. Another picture that comes to mind is this idea of people that are, are so concerned, they're so worried, there's so much anxiety in their relationship with God, it's literally like they're walking a tightrope. And as if you're up on the tightrope, and I think a lot of people that I've talked to that, that have wrestled with this kind of feel this sense of perfectionism, like I have to do this Christian life perfect. Every step has to be right. And if, because if they're not, what could happen? And there's all these what ifs and all this worry and concern. And, and then to make matters even worse, some people feel like that as the, as a Christian, they're on this journey or on this tightrope and they're trying to make sure they never mess up and they don't let anybody down and they don't make any mistakes because heaven forbid they crash and fall away from the Lord. But on top of all that, they look down and there's this crowd watching them. And it's almost like you have an audience watching you in your Christian journey. And some people have talked about the idea that like, even in their Christian walk, it feels like they're on this tightrope where people are watching them. And, and on top of all that, people are actually rooting for them to fall. As if it's like, it would be really cool to see you mess up because you know, whenever there's a catastrophe, those are, those are kind of fun to watch. But as a Christian... That's a hard way to walk in your relationship with God. And I think so many people have struggled with those types of feelings at different times in your walk with God. And I know a lot of people wrestle with that stuff on a daily basis. And Psalm 125 is a really cool psalm because it's short and sweet and it gives us a really accurate picture of what our journey 
with God is actually like. It gives us some different kind of imagery to grab hold of. So rather than imagining a a precarious mountainside that could fall away at any moment if we take the wrong step or a high wire where we could, we could mess up and there's no net to save us, like rather than having those types of images in our mind of this is what our walk with God is like, instead in Psalm 125, we get a more accurate picture of what our walk with God is like. If you were to conjure something up, it would be more like having an image of living in a, a secure fortress. Like you are, you are locked in, safe, at peace, secure. And Psalm 125 helps us understand what that looks like. And so let's read through it together. And then we're going to kind of circle back and unpack like a few different things that come up that are things that can be um, issues for our security in Christ, things that can um, uh, create instability, maybe make us feel insecure or anxious in our relationship. And so let's read the whole thing and then we'll come back and unpack it. Uh, Psalm 125 goes like this. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken, but endures forever. As the mountains surrounded Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people, both now and forevermore. The scepter of the wicked will not remain over the land allotted to the righteous, for then the righteous might use their hands to do evil. Lord, do good to those who are good, to those who are upright in heart, but those who turn to crooked ways, the Lord will banish with the evildoers. Peace be on Israel. You see, in the beginning of this, it says that those who trust in God are like Mount Zion, which can't be shaken. It's, it's immovable. It says that they're like mountains that surround Jerusalem. God surrounds you. And we need to remember that life in the ancient world was dangerous. There was robbers and, and people that were preying on anybody with any sign of weakness. And so cities needed elaborate defenses. There was a lot of work that went into fortifying a city, uh, building up high walls to keep you safe, uh, digging moats around the outside, putting up watchtowers. And The same thing is true in the world that we live in today. People still go to great lengths to build defenses, to have a sense of security and safety. And the thing with Christians is that that we still need a sense or still long for a sense of security and safety. Like It's not like somehow when you commit your life to Christ and you begin following Christ, you no longer need protection or need safety or want to feel secure, like you still have the same things that anyone else does. But what you're going to find as you go on your journey with the Lord is that you don't have to build the defenses. It's not up to you to build the high walls or dig the moats. We have a God who defends us. In Psalm 46.1 is a good reminder. It says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. You see, mountains encircle Jerusalem and God encircles his people. And so it's so important for us to understand and to start to wrestle with and take hold of this idea that God encircles his people, that that God is the moat or the high wall around us. He protects us. There's security in our relationship with the Lord. You don't have to walk around like just sort of treacherously walking along like you're on the side of a mountain that could give way at any moment, like worrying that somehow evil could overtake you without your knowing. You don't have to just walk around paranoid that any misstep, you're going to fall away from God. 
that you're going to somehow accidentally get off track from the Lord. You see, God's on your side. And the reality is, we are human. And we do struggle with stuff. We do struggle with worry and anxiety. We do slip into fearful moods, and we get to be uncertain about our faith at different times. And, and we get worried if God is real, worried if God really cares, worried if there was danger. Would God come to our defense? Will God look out for us? One of the things that we can do to combat this and um, grow in our sense of security is to learn Psalm 125. To memorize this psalm, to commit it to memory, to write it on the tablet of our heart, to, to write it down and put it in your home where you're going to see it often, to turn it into artwork. I mean, it's a short one, so you could get creative on ways to remember it or make this psalm a part of who you are and how you know God uh, speaks to you. And so throughout the psalm, it kind of touches on different things that can pose a threat to our security. And probably one of the most common threats to our security comes from feelings of depression and doubt. And here's the thing. In this psalm, the person of faith that's described in here, it says the person of faith uh, is described as a secure mountain, immovable, unshakable. And I don't know about you guys, but um, having this, this idea of being described as a person of faith that has faith like solid rock, that you have faith like a mountain that can't be shaken, like that sounds pretty cool. And, and I can say that in my personal experience, I think probably a lot of people can relate, I have had seasons in my life where I had very unshakable faith. Where I, where I have had very concrete, immovable, like my feelings, my circumstances, nothing was changing my faith in Christ. But I've also had seasons where it was pretty shaky, where my faith, I would say, was more of a molehill than a mountain. It was pretty weak. And as I was studying and reading for this and prepping and looking through stuff about Psalm 125, one of the things that came up is the idea that um, Israel, God's people, have what is called a, a sawtoothed history. And so I like doing woodworking and stuff and building stuff, so I have lots of saws. And so it just immediately brought imagery to my mind. When I think of a sawtooth history, I just immediately had a picture of a saw in my mind. And, and to me, pictures help me like cement images and stories and truths in my mind. And so as I'm thinking about this idea of Israel having a sawtooth history, I, I picture this saw and like this is the, the timeline of Israel. And so these, these saw teeth, so to speak, are showing us indicators where they were up and things were really high and then they were down and things were really low. They were, they were all in following God at different times. And then in no time at all, they were off the path. They were, they were worshiping false gods. They were following uh, false idols. And, and there, there was times where they were listening and following Jesus right up to the upper room where they were hanging on his every word. And then not long after, here they are stomping around the courtyard denying that they even know him. Like God's people have a history of this big ups and downs. And I think... If a lot of us were honest and looked at our history, we would probably say that our history is pretty sawtoothed as well. Like that we've had some high highs and some low lows. 
And in your sermon notes, there's an empty box kind of mapped out there. That space is, is there on purpose to help you have a spot to map out some of your story, like kind of graph out like your sawtooth. If you were to map it out, what would be some of your high points? What would be some of your low points? And then that, the hope is that when you're in your home groups or in your other small groups that you're a part of, that you would use that sawtooth history idea to help share some of your story with each other. When was it that you were up? When, when did you struggle when you were down, right? And, and I think you'll, you'll come to find out that sharing your story with each other is super healthy, and it's, it's an important part of growing together as a family and being community. And one of the things that, that we'll learn as we see with each other, but we also see it's very true in God's word, is as we learn about the history of God's people and we see all these ups and downs, there's something there that's super constant. Although they have their ups and downs, what's constant is God is always there. No, no matter what, they're always God's people. They continue to be, in their best of times and their worst of times, they continue to be God's people, and God is faithful and steadfast. And one of the challenges that can come with us in our ups and downs is that our feelings and our circumstances can start to try to dictate to us what we know about God or what we think about God. And, and the, the, here's the problem. Uh, our feelings are super helpful in so many different ways. They're not really helpful about uh, telling us who God is. You see, our security, our confidence in our relationship with the Lord comes from who God is, not in how we feel. Sometimes our feelings line up. And oftentimes they don't. And so our security comes from who God is, irregardless of the ups and downs. It, 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 it comes from him. And, and another source of our uncertainty and our insecurity can be pain and suffering. And I think this is something that all of us can understand and relate to because the reality is bad stuff happens to people. Hard things happen to people. And I think all of you will realize that uh, as you come to put your faith in Christ, when you become a Christian, you're not suddenly exempt from hard stuff. You're not exempt from pain and suffering. We live in a world where hard things and difficult things happen. And as we start to uh, observe those things around us, one of the things that can be really challenging for people is that you start to realize, man, there's all this hard stuff. There's all this pain. There's all this agony. There's, there's people that are doing bad, horrible things. And so you start to ask those really profound, difficult questions like, why would God allow that? Why does that happen? How could God let that happen? You start to wrestle with feeling like, when is it going to happen to me? Like, look at the, the, the bad things that have happened to such good people. Like, if it happened to them, uh, how do I know that it wouldn't happen to me? And something that's important for us to remember is that the psalmist lived in a time where there was great violence. They knew that there, there was sickness and death, and they knew about despair. The, the, the psalmist, the writer of this psalm, was familiar with the raping and pillaging of military conquest. Uh, there was famine. There was natural disasters. You have to remember, this psalm was written by somebody that didn't have anesthesia for hospital visits. 
they understood pain and suffering in the world that they lived in. And, and so the question is this, is why didn't, why didn't all of that pain and suffering, why didn't that destroy their faith? Why, why, why didn't that erode at their security, their confidence in their relationship with God? How is it that someone that could live in a world where things were so treacherous and there was so much violence and so many bad things happening, how could that person say that the person of faith is like a mountain? Immovable. It's, it, it, it's like, like God encircling his people. How can they say that? And I think the, the answer can come in verse 3. It helps us kind of get some insights. And this is a verse in the psalm that's one of those things where, I, I don't know if you guys, if this ever happens with you, but sometimes you just read scripture and you'll read past part of it and you're like, I understand the words, but I have no idea what they're talking about. Like it seems like it's a little bit weird and obscure and a little bit random. This little chunk in the middle of the psalm is a little bit, easy to miss what it's all about. Verse 3 says this, The scepter of the wicked will not remain over the land allotted to the righteous, for then the righteous might use their hands to do evil. You see, what the psalmist is trying to, the point he's trying to make is that, is that God is not going to let evil continue forever. If evil is permanent, then there's, there's no reason for hope if there's not an out, right? If there's no out and evil is permanent, then what, what could happen, like the psalmist says, is then even the righteous people might begin to do unrighteous things. They might try to fight evil with evil, so to speak. And so the psalmist is saying that, that evil is temporary. God is going to provide a way out as we've heard before in this series and, and been reminded, God is a God who knows when to say enough. Whether when it was enough to say enough is enough to Pharaoh and, and rescue his people from Egypt, whether it's enough with the hard things that are going on in your life to intervene. And so the key words are will not remain, right? That's the thing that we need to camp out on. Danger and oppression bad things going on, hard stuff happening in your life, it's never too much for faith. It wasn't too much for Job. It wasn't too much for Jeremiah. It wasn't too much for Jesus. It's important that we remember that evil's temporary. And, and Paul had some wise words to Christians who are struggling, a lot like many people in the world today, being a Christ follower, being a disciple, wrestling with how do we deal with all of this hard stuff that's happening. Like, what does it mean about my relationship with God? Like, did I screw up? Am I off track? How do I stay the course? Paul had these words to say, and I think they're still very applicable today. He said in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, he says, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow, um, he will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you're tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. We have to remember that we have a God who knows when to say enough. 
The last threat to our confidence and security in this psalm touches on a fear that people have been wrestling with for generations and generations and generations, as long back as we can remember. And it's this idea that you can lose your salvation. It, it, it kind of circles around and is anchored in this statement that in, in our kind of modern history, this idea of once saved, always saved, that if you become a Christian and you put your faith and trust in Christ, that, <clears throat> that you can't um, lose your salvation. And there is uh, brilliant men for many generations have dug into that discussion and tried to solve the answer to that. And the reality is, is this for me, it's a statement that I wholeheartedly believe and agree with is that when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, that can't be taken from you. you, you you're not going to accidentally misstep on your journey and your, on your walk to get to know the Lord. You're not going to accidentally misstep and just, and just find yourself slipping away like your salvation is gone and lost. Now, it doesn't mean that someone can't uh, intentionally, purposely defect. But even that word defect is very different than the idea of accidentally lose. Right? Defect is on purpose with intention. Could someone purposely walk away from the Lord? Sure. Do people accidentally, unknowingly defect? No. And so the thing that we've got to remember is that we do wander like lost sheep, right? We do have these ups and downs in our journey, just like God's people. But I think there's something to the fact that so often we're compared to sheep because God says that he's the good shepherd. That he does shepherd and oversee and pursue us relentlessly, irregardless of our ups and downs. And it doesn't mean we've left, that our salvation is lost. You see, being a disciple of Jesus isn't a contract that if we break our part of it, God's free to break his part of it. It, it, it's a different kind of agreement. It's a covenant. And when we enter into a covenant with God, it's a covenant that God established the terms and he guarantees the outcome, irregardless of our ups and downs. And because of that, we can have this great sense of security that in the midst of our fears and our doubts and our worries and our, our missteps here and there, that we're in a, a relationship, that we've committed to a relationship with a God who isn't affected by our weariness, by our ups and downs, that there is a steadfastness, that we remain his people as we go along in our, in our lives. Um, I think the, the very end of this uh, or the very first, sorry, the very first line of the psalm is really important for us to remember. It kind of is the anchor to all of it. And it seems sort of obvious, but sometimes it's the obvious stuff that we need to be reminded about. In, in verse one, he says, those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken, but endures forever. The key phrase is who trust in the Lord, right? When you trust in the Lord, that's where your security comes from. 
That's where you're immovable, unshakable, is when that's where your trust is. Not, not in your own performance, not in your own morals, like trying to really hard to just be a super good person, not on your own health, not in me, not in any one of us of, as a pastor, not in your doctor, not in your president, not in your economy, not in our nation. Like when you trust in the Lord, you're secure. And it comes from nowhere else. And kind of circling back to the rock slide story at the beginning, the hiking mishap. Coincidentally, if I ever ask you to go on an adventure, let people know where we're going. We may or may not return. But I don't know about you guys, but I always have 2020 hindsight that's way better. Like I'm way smarter after my adventures. Um, and looking back on that adventure, it would have been a lot smarter to take some ropes and have a little bit of gear, maybe be a little bit more safe, um, plan that out a little bit better, right? And, and as I think back on that, like the idea of climbing a mountain and going with, first of all, someone that knows how to climb mountains, second of all, someone that would tie, I could be tied into so that as I climb the mountain, I'm going with someone that knows where they're going and knows how to do it. And then if I mess up, I'm safe. I'm not going to fall and die, right? Those are the kind of images that help me imagine and, and get a picture in my mind of what our relationship with Christ is like. When we think about security, when we think about being able to write a, a song that says the person of faith is secure like a mountain, to be able to think like, I could write a song like that. It's like imagining going mountain climbing with Jesus, right? When we go on this journey of faith and we commit to walk the walk, it's like getting tied into Jesus. He's the lead climber. He knows where he's going. He's been up every route. He's been where we've been. And we're roped into him and secure so that, so that as we go on this adventure of faith, there's going to be danger. There's going to be spots where it's like super treacherous, where we can't imagine making it through that spot in our walk. We don't know how we're going to do it. There's going to be seasons of calm and awesome and easy and beautiful and seasons of precarious footsteps, and we're probably going to misstep and we're probably going to fall. But there's this sense of security that even if I do, I'm okay because I'm roped off. It changes the way you live your life. It changes the way you walk the walk. It changes the way you go into dangerous situations when you know that you're roped off, when we're locked into Jesus. And I think, I think for a lot of us, it would benefit us so much to start to really wrestle with and think about like, I am secure in Christ and, and, and to be using that imagery of like roped off to Jesus at some point, are you willing to like take some more steps to like grow, to stretch, to risk it a little bit in your relationship with the Lord, to, to, to venture out a little bit? Because when you're, when you're like, on the, when you're back doing the tight wire thing where it's like, this is up to me to do this Christian thing perfectly, we're back to trying to follow the law. We're back to trying to obey all the rules. We're back to trying to not mess up. And it's all on our way. It, all the weight is on our shoulders. And we're not going to take very many risks. We're going to play it really safe. The problem is there is a bunch of people around us that don't know Christ and safe people 
playing it safe at home, afraid to take the next step, aren't going to help our friends and neighbors know who Jesus is. At some point, we've got to get out there and risk it and get uncomfortable and go for it. The Bible is full of people that went before us that were risk takers. And there's something to that when you know that you're roped into Jesus. And so uh, today when we finish up, out in the lobby is the journey to God map deal. And so I just want to remind you, like, I want you to sign that. Every week that you're at one of these stops, sign that week. And there's something about uh, that's, that's, I think, really positive and, and helpful about you personally walking up there and signing the board and being like, I'm, I'm growing, I'm on a journey, and I was here this week. It, it means something. It helps affirm you in a positive way. And then out there on the table right by the map, there's going to be a little token for you to take away. Because I think what you'll notice is as we've been going through this series in the Songs of Ascent, one of the things we're noticing is that God's people are often called to remember back their history, to remember things about who God is and what God's done for them and, and what his character is like. And so it's important for us to be creative and thinking about what are ways that we can remember who God is, to remember, like this psalm says, our security in Christ, that we're like a mountain, like that we're roped off to Jesus, that we can, we can risk it a little bit and we're secure. And so out there, there's a little token to help you remember that you're roped off to Jesus. And it's just one of those little things that in and of itself, it's nothing special. But what it means to you when you see it is it helps you tell yourself the truth. I'm secure. I'm locked into Jesus. And every time you see it, you can be reminded of that. And so when you leave, make sure you sign the board and grab your uh, token there off of the table. So we're going to finish with communion Every week at Real Life, we take communion together. If you're new with us, this is something we do every week as a part of our, our time together as a family. Uh, if you're watching online, make sure you're getting your elements for communion with us. Um, while we were doing uh, quarantine online church only, we had all kinds of creative pictures of the different things that people were using for communion. And, um, and so I just want to say that... Um, They've been, for a lot of you that are watching at home, you've been watching at home for a long time and it could get easy to sort of slip into the, oh, this is the part where the service is almost over. And so you sort of just tune it out and skip out. And I would just say, don't skip out. If you're watching from home, don't skip out. Grab your stuff, stop, pause, and take communion with us as a family. Even though we're apart, we're together. And every week we take communion because it helps us remember what Christ did for us on the cross. It helps us remember that we have a guide that's gone the way ahead of us, that's made a way not only for our sins to be forgiven, but we have a, 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 a rabbi, a teacher, a climbing guide to rope into and follow. He's been through what we've been through. And he can show us the way. And so this morning as we finish, that's what we remember. We remember the body of Christ that was given for us as we eat the bread. Let's eat this. And the cup represents the blood of Christ that was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. And so as we take the cup, we remember the blood of Christ. Well, let's pray. Lord, you are so good, and we just thank you so much, Lord, for your word. We thank you for your son. God, thanks that he 
shows us the way. God, amidst all this craziness going on in our world with elections and politics and COVID and just weird stuff all over, God, help us just get roped off to Jesus. He says he is the way, the truth, and the life. There's really nobody else and nothing else that will benefit us more than just getting to know him more and more. So help us just tie into him and go where he goes. Learn to think about what he thinks about, care about what he cares about. Love other people the way he loves other people. Help us to live like he's really, really our guide. Just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us at rlcpullman.com and by connecting with us on Facebook. Until next time, have a great week.